Dude, we were going. We're going. We are going. going. I was waiting for Matt to intro the episode. <laughs> he just, I was like, <laughs> not, surely he's not recording because he hasn't been saying anything. Yeah, no, Matt was trying to catch us unawares, but well, he no, 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 tried to us into a conversation and then exactly. start recording, but he didn't do that. So I was no, just he thinking, just waited for a lull in the conversation. I was about to tell you guys how the, that like the espresso machine I want to buy is uh, on sale or I was also going to ask you guys about the bripe. We were talking about coffee brewing methods and there's something called the bripe and it's a coffee pipe and you can brew a coffee in a little pipe with a flame. Anyway, can it's you, uh, uh, bripe spelled how I think it's spelled. B-R-I-P-E. My favorite coffee YouTuber talked about it. His name is... Uh, <laughs> Why does it say musical artist for Bripe? That's really weird. Um, Your favorite coffee YouTuber? Yeah, his name's James Kaufman. James Hoffman. Sorry, my friend's name is James Kaufman. His YouTuber, his name is James Hoffman. And uh, he's like, he makes the most incredible videos. Um, what in the world is this thing? It's the Bripe. I don't know what's what's confusing about it. <laughs> it's, it's a coffee pipe. You put coffee in it, cover stem hole, apply yeah. ground coffee, add water. And use your jet torch. Yeah, it comes with a jet torch. Add sugar and milk and blow air into... Oh my goodness. This is the goofiest thing I've ever seen. I know. I was just talking about, you know, there are creative ways in which to brew coffee that I'm sure you could figure out some type of pour over setup over there without needing a actual, you know, V60 or a uh chemex or something like that you know but anyway watch james hoffman's videos on youtube all right that's been an episode of off the crossbar and we'll see you next time (laughs) this is episode 63 (laughs) off the crossbar yeah this looks like you're smoking coffee that's what this looks like it's funny it's a silly thing i'll even okay i'll i'll send you the video of him and his bribe This isn't the standard James Hoffman video, but this is a video in which it's still good. It's really fun. When you go to the Bripe website, Bripeing.com, B-R-I-P-I-N-G, it like auto plays this like video thing in the background. Mm -hmm. And the dude that's drinking coffee is just making some faces that are very funny. Oh, yeah. This is this is essentially (laughs) what James Hoffman's video is, except... Oh, this is, yeah, this is pretty funny. Coffee brew pipe. Yeah. He is, is it like designed for wilderness coffee making? <laughs> yes, it is. That video. Yeah, it looks, it looks yeah. like it's it like a lightweight hilarious. way to brew coffee. Oh, and drink coffee. That, you're right. That you, face was really funny. So, like so little coffee at one time. I know. It's, yeah, it's pretty silly. It's, it's like, you know, it's a silly thing. It's, it's, yeah, a, that's pretty great. It's a funny, silly thing, and it's the most wonderfully absurd coffee brewer ever made. That's how James Hoffman deemed it. But James Hoffman, uh, you may all know him from like the World Barista Championships in the early aughts. I'm sure everyone's very familiar. <laughs> anyway, he's he's very he's delightful. Uh, he's also like he he is like the most famous person on coffee YouTube. Um, and he was telling like he did a Q and A the other day, and someone was talking like asking. 
asking like weird stuff that's happened to him in coffee shops or something. But he said he went to one coffee shop in the, in the United States one time. He's, he's from England. Uh, he went to the United States one time and he was at a coffee shop and the barista who like saw who he walked up to, to take his order said, Oh no, not you. And walked away. Cause she didn't want to like let him down or disappoint him or like, do something terribly wrong. So she just left and had someone else do it. <laughs> so that was pretty funny, but yeah. Anyway, um well that is a corner of youtube that i've not it's really good to yet he's very scientific about like coffee so like if any of that interests you or like the if you're into like the both the art and the science of coffee it's uh it's very even if you just like well-produced youtube videos you'd appreciate it because it's he does great stuff and he has a very delightful uh smooth way of talking i could He's like the David Attenborough of coffee, I think. Nice. Fair to say. But, I can get behind that. Yeah. What's going on, guys? Uh, what's what's up? Socially. <laughs> oh, oh, I can I can actually start us off. Okay. Uh, so last weekend I went to the Utah Shakespeare Festival. Oh, nice. Uh, which is always a good City? time. Yeah, in Cedar City, where I attended university. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you know, it's always a good time. Uh, we saw two plays, the names of which are escaping me now. Oh, Ragtime, uh, which was excellent, uh, a little heavy, uh, very funny, like very well done. Uh, and the other one was called, I'm just going to keep stalling while I look it up. The Taming of the Shrew. No. Well, it's uh, No. Much ado about, was it a Shakespeare play? Oh, the comedy of terrors. Ooh, oh, that's pretty. Which uh, very funny, um, very energetic, very exhausting to watch. Yeah, but, you know. So I took a nap when I came home the next day. Did they happen to? Was was there a soccer tournament going on in in Cedar City at the same time? There might have been, but there was also this is a weird thing, like a giant gun freedom rally. Oh. Yeah, that's yeah, that is weird for that part of the state. I mean, was it related to the (laughs) uh, the gun freedom guy who shot at a bunch of cops in Beaver County and required about 80 different officers from all over the state chasing him down for like hours last night? Was he related to that? It it might have been. I got a notification that the I 15 in Beaver was closed because there was a guy who was in a high speed chase, which turned into him shooting at like literally like a hundred cops and a helicopter. He was shooting at a helicopter too. And, uh, I don't know what ended up happening, but, um, well, I know how that usually ends. The other gun, gun freedom thing that happened in Salt Lake or in Utah oh, in general man. was that the, I'm sure you guys heard about the other thing, Trevor, where there was like an, an argument among men at a youth soccer game and one of them brandished his rifle that he was carrying to the game for some reason. I want to make it clear. I'm pretty sure that was in Salt Lake, not I said, Utah County. I said Did Salt, you say Salt Lake. And then I said, and then in Utah, because I was talking about Utah. because oh, okay, We were talking about Cedar Beaver. I and Salt I Lake. Utah this County. sounds so much like a Utah County thing. Yeah. I, why, why were you so defensive about that, Trevor? <laughs> <laughs> because I got to make sure that we keep oh, things straight. You know that when bad like, things happen, not in Utah County. I want to. I, know. I like um, that. You, you know that police shooting that you talked about uh, that one time? Yeah. But my sister and her husband, I think, live close to you because they also were talking about that happening in their neighborhood or whatever. So, oh, um, maybe. 
Salt Lake. Soccer. Say their address on yeah. your microphone, and I'll look it up and see if they live near me. <laughs> that sounds good. So it's uh, yeah. Oh my Something, gosh! It's Wait. on Evergreen Terrace, right? How did no one get arrested for this? Gun erupts interrupt. Gun interrupts kids' soccer tournament in Salt Lake City. No arrests. Oh, because it's not illegal to carry a gun. Yeah, but I thought he. Spectators and soccer players were sharing their accounts of a scary situation involving a gun at a Salt Lake City soccer tournament. It took place at the Regional Athletic Complex in Rose Park. There, uh, is that where the, the outdoor soccer courts are too? Because I like those. Anyway, uh, yeah, someone yelled that there was an active shooter. Uh, maybe, okay. There were at least eight games happening at the same time. Wow. So people thought there was an active shooter. Um, yeah, uh, uh, the initial thing were, oh yeah. So Chris Webb, the director of competition and event operations said that two adult spectators from the same team of 13 year old girls were involved. One of the individuals pulled a gun, which resulted in staff and referees clearing teams, family spectators from the area immediately. Games <laughs> resumed play once police gave approval that it was safe to return to the field. However, Jonathan Burzins the league manager did communicate with teams that if anyone feels unsafe that they can reschedule their games. So yeah, I don't know why that happened. Um, there was some sort of dispute or altercation that turned physical, which ultimately escalated and boiled over to where a weapon became involved. Why did he have a rifle at his daughter's soccer game? Cause it's a good question. I mean, it's a good question, but I feel like we all know the answer. Just insane. Just carry rifles in their car all the time because they're allowed to. I mean, there's one thing about having it in your car, but it sounds like I don't know if it was the case. Okay, to be fair, that's that's what I'm imagining is that somebody got in an argument and then best case scenario, it was in his car. Best case scenario here, it was in his car. He went to his car, got it, and brought it back. What sounds like he just had it with him (laughs) while the game was going on. I just don't know how you have a rifle with you at a youth soccer game, Uh, and it's fine. Until an argument breaks out. Yeah, pretty you know weird. I mean? like, that's, I don't know anything about the situation except for a, I read the news article, but it sounds like. Yeah. No, it's in a disaster. Case, on all, Cedar all City. Counts. Cedar City. It always seems like when there's one thing going on there, there's like a lot of things. Like I played in soccer tournaments there growing up that always seemed to be the same weekend as the Shakespeare Festival. And I was like, this is poorly planned. Oh, that's because the Shakespeare Festival goes from like June to October. So. Oh, that would make sense. It was like way hard to get a hotel in Cedar City. So I put oh, the, yeah. we literally it was a, it we uh, the games were in Cedar City, but we had a hotel in St. George and we drove to Cedar City from St. George for the games. Really silly. It's yeah, miserable. Yeah, it was not not cool. Um, pretty strange. So but the, the Shakespeare's Festival seems very fun. I like yeah, that. it's fantastic. I would highly recommend Seems it. Like, and you saw you got some good Thai food down there as well. Yeah, so there are now... So when I was in school there, there was uh, one Thai place. Uh, and it opened like the last year I was there. In the 10 years since, there are now three Thai places open. Love and it. they're all really good. You tried all three of them? <laughs> uh, not this weekend. Oh, okay. uh, but we are planning a trip soon where we will try all three of them in one weekend. For reasons. I don't know what reason, but I'll report back on it for sure. Love to see it. Love Thai food. Trevor, what have you been up to? Um, very little, to be honest. Uh, we did 
I say very little. It's a big thing for me, but you guys don't care about it. Um, we care about you. Yeah, what? Sorry, you guys care about me, but like w- the story is not a good story. We um, cleaned up the upstairs level of our place oh. uh, for the last several months. <laughs> this is kind of the embarrassing part. Um, I'm really bad at keeping places like clean and organized. Okay. And we've had my kid, my roommate's kid come over. Um, and my roommate's kid kind of took over the, like the living room and that became his space. And so he got, he's got like a toy box out there. He eats meals in the living room and he just hangs out there. And that's like where he hangs out, watches TV and does stuff. So it turned into a disaster zone. There's blankets all over the place. There's like some dishes in there and like a whole bunch of toys that just never, ever get cleaned up. Um, And it finally got to the point where I was like, we've got to do something about this. And my roommate to his credit usually keeps it pretty clean. Um, but yeah, just but over the last time. couple of months, we just kind of let it go. Gotcha. So this weekend, we, me and my kid went and cleaned up the whole thing. We vacuumed the whole thing, rearranged everything, put everything away, and like created places for the toys. And yeah, just like actually organized the place. And then we tore down like the whole kitchen, moved everything off the counter, like all the stuff that stays on the counter, moved it all off, cleaned the whole thing deep clean like the stove and the oven and the sink and microwave and like everything so we went to town we cleaned for like five or six hours and that's not a thing that i usually do Mm. (laughs) like like i don't live in like squalor but i don't (laughs) usually i don't obsessively (laughs) clean to the level that a lot of people do i keep things organized and i keep things in places but it just got really bad and we were like all right we gotta take care of this so we took care of it and that was the most exciting thing that i've done that's nice i love i love getting things organized once yeah. they're all organized it's a <laughs> it's good really feel nice what i is- do have an update on your uh, beaver shooter though oh yeah what happened um I probably killed him right no they didn't he was uh how what driving really- well it was a handgun that's all he had so oh. he was tried to be pulled over he drove off pulled over a little bit ago ran out of the car there were other passengers in the car that just stayed there but he ran off into the foothills and then they eventually got the helicopter and canine teams and what was the other thing they called it tactical teams involved from surrounding counties and he shot at the helicopter shot at police nobody got hit or hurt at all and once they like approached him they just arrested him that's interesting i swear it and i think there were tweets at the time there were like tons of squad cars like from all over yes yeah, facing this tactical guy. teams from the state department of public safety which is probably just like state troopers or highway patrol um beaver county iron county and saint george were all deployed yeah wow. wild anyway so, so, yeah it was a big deal um, but it says nobody speaking, got hurt nobody got hit speaking of beaver uh beaver taco actually pretty good oh that place is good i've been there before i really like it yeah Um, it's a nice not not really hidden gem anymore but you know if you happen to be driving in beaver utah and you need to stop for lunch like hard to go wrong yeah it is good don't they have a like a dairy or a creamery or a cheese there is a place there's that as well yeah that was and what we always, oh, we always got. I remember. I, was, I forgot we what got did squeaky last cheese weekend. on our way through uh, when we were driving down to LA when I was kids. Oh yeah, and stopped, and that was like one of our souvenir stops. See, that's not really what it is. Pick up squeaky cheese. 
It's pretty much a signature souvenir. Stop? Signature stops. Yeah. Signature that's, a, stop. that's a much better way of saying it. Um, okay. So over the weekend, I, uh, I, 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 I think my last update is I went to Cache Valley and went up to Preston, Idaho. I went mm-hmm. up to Cache Valley again this last Friday, but because um, a dear friend of mine had an extra ticket to the Utah State football game against North <laughs> Dakota State or something like that. And I was like, wow, that sounds really fun because I love Logan and I, I used to go to Utah State football games with him when he went to school there. I um, I frequented uh, making weekend trips up there when I uh, was in college as well. But uh, yeah, so I went to this game and um, trying to drive through Davis County on a Friday afternoon is very difficult, it turns out. There's a lot of yeah. traffic. And also the Lotaja race was taking place in Logan this, that weekend. So there were a lot of people heading up for that. And, um, but nonetheless had a great time in the car with my friend, his wife and another friend. Um, and as we were getting into, we got into cash Valley, uh, there was a severe thunderstorm warning and alert on all of our phones. And we could see behind us, we were sitting in traffic in cash Valley right as you come into Logan or I guess just the valley itself and the storm caught up to us and then the traffic broke and we were driving and we got in front of the storm and we could see in the rear view mirror and like look out behind the car we could see the storm like chasing us it was the weirdest thing there was like a it was a like wall of rain that we were just out driving it was it was nuts and then uh my friend was stressed because we were going to get there pretty close to kickoff probably right after. And he is a very big Utah state fan and did not want that to happen. Um, so we got into, we were getting close to the stadium. It's probably about 15 minutes to kickoff. And then all of a sudden tons of lightning started happening, which my friend was very thankful for because every lightning strike within a certain radius delays the game. And so that was great because then we got to go to, uh, get some food before the game um, and not get caught in the storm. So we went to this restaurant called Morty's. It's this like burger place in, in Logan. They have a fantastic gluten-free bun for, oh. uh, for the mats and me. So really, really good burger too. Um, anyway, very, very delicious. So we were eating there. Then the massive storm came lightning everywhere, like incredibly fast winds. There was a crane that's doing construction on some of like a new apartment building or whatever up there. And I think it's standard protocol to leave the crane, whatever turns the crane. Uh, I think they leave that unlocked just in case of, of this type of thing. But it's really weird to watch because the wind picks the crane. It moves the crane back and forth. And it looks really scary because it looks like something has gone awry. But apparently that's a good thing that the crane is set up to do. So got to the game finally. And then somebody... I don't know if it was someone did it on accident or if there was an actual power disturbance, but it was getting close. It was about uh, 10 minutes left uh, leading up to kickoff. The stadium lights turned off and it seemed like it was done on purpose because everyone in the stadium like turned on their phone lights and it looked really cool. But then, you know, it's been five minutes with the lights off and there's this countdown on the scoreboard to like when kickoff should happen and the teams are like ready to kick off and receive, but it's still dark. <laughs> and everyone's like, and then it's counting down. So all the students are like, five, four, three, two, one, thinking the lights are just going to flip back on. The thing with that, though, is that those stadium lights, they require a lot of time to power down and then power back up, which is like a 25 to 30 minute process. 
so we also had that 25 to 30 minute process after this and it was um I, apparently accidental or a power disturbance not sure what but it was the game didn't start till like I, like 8 40 and it was in logan so i didn't get back till very late that night unfortunately but it was a it was a good time um utah state won it was very bad in the first quarter but then they turned it around um and then i watched the utah byu game the next day which i'm sure trevor was very pleased about the result sure um, was uh, and then, yeah, just had a just was had a very, game this weekend. Had a very football-filled weekend. Yeah, our, uh, RSL <laughs> Utah, the University of Utah, the running Utes, uh, played their um, American football game against the Cougars of Brigham Young University. Yeah, and the I Cougars saw lots of tweets. Won. They, they did. beat the University of Utah. First time in a very long time. Yeah, <laughs> and they did it. Yeah, so that I I enjoyed watching that game. Um, and then yeah, watched uh, it was a lot of a lot of football and a lot of football, if you know what I'm saying. So yeah, and then I'm I'm going back up to uh to Alpine, Wyoming, Jackson, Wyoming, uh, this weekend. Uh, which is why I will not be in attendance on Saturday to watch us lose to the Sounders, but. I oh. <laughs> will be having fun. So and there's your match solace. preview, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Glad you're going to have fun. Thank you. Anyway, so that was my update. Sorry for taking so long, but the Cash Valley experience was very, it was very nice. My burger was really good. I'm still thinking about it, actually. Yeah. Uh, next time I'm in Logan, I'm going to text you and get the name of that place. Yeah. Morty's. I, I, Morty's, okay. I don't know if they're fries. Their regular fries are breaded and they might uh. share a fryer with the, uh, Sweet potato fries. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I just didn't get fries at all. But their burgers are really good, and it's worth okay. going there just for the burger. IMO. Okay. Wow. So high praise. Those those breaded fries are really good, and I wish I could like those battered breaded fries. Those yeah. are delicious. I yeah. Like, I, I like those a lot, but obviously not in my uh, lexicon of foods I'm able to eat. Uh, can you describe uh, the foods you're able to eat as being within a lexicon? I don't know. Um, sure. All right. Let's do it. Anyway, but we had a we had a, a a soccer game too, unfortunately. Oh yeah, should we? Let's do some news and then we'll get there. All right. Oh, also, did um before the news, or I guess as part of the news, did we record after or before our last World Cup qualifier against Honduras? We, uh, oh, that's a good question. It's before, the, right? The note just says USMNT. I think it was before. <laughs> No, I can't remember. Yeah, I think you're right. It it was before. It yeah, couldn't have been before. I think it was because that was just was last week. That was last Wednesday, though. I'm pretty sure the game was last Wednesday. I think, and we will probably record it on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, it was a Tuesday. Um, well, there was a game, and the U.S. was bad, and then good. Oh, that's right. Because the episode, I was like, "No, guys, it's fine." And Kyle was like, "The roof has fallen." And then the game happened and pretty much everybody was like, all right, we're probably fine for now. Let's for now. And let's not like the first half of that game was really bad. Uh, Yeah, but that's this is the thing I was tweeting. So I'm going to sound repetitive, but that's why there's two halves. That is why there's two halves. (laughs) But that's also like, I mean, and credit to Greg Berhalter for for making the adjustments at halftime that he really needed to. Um, but like really set the team up for not 
having success in the first half. United States went down, went into halftime down one zero. Um, immediately scores with a substitute uh, it, as soon as the second half starts, um, and then scored again and then again and then again. And Ricardo Pepe, it was just fantastic. That especially in well, specifically in the second half, had a goal, had an assist, almost had a second goal, uh, but it was saved and then. Um, Sebastian Legette scored it. So that was good. I will say that um I'm not I'm not sure about Josh Sargent, to be honest. I'm, um, I'm, I'm kind of iffy on that guy. Yeah, I, I'm kind of over Josh Sargent as like yeah. out the guy that we need to rely on. Especially I, with like I don't know if have, he's ever shown to be that guy at all. Like at I, any level. I he, yeah, but he's somehow I mean he earned himself a move to the Premier League. Um, he's playing with Norwich city anyway. Yeah. So Norwich city premier league, Josh Sargent, he scored a couple really weird goals for them in like a, in one of those like non league games. Um, but yeah, I'm not impressed by him really, especially when you have Jordan Peefock, who I think is better than Josh Sargent and Jordan Peefock just scored a winning champions league goal against Manchester United today, which you love to see. Because I hate Manchester United so much right Absolutely now. Absolutely love to see it. Um, yeah, so that was great. Um, anyway, I think that's all the USMNT news. Great. When do they get back together again? Um, uh, November? Or is it? I thought there was another... There's something about the October window that I thought... It was supposed to be longer or... Um, oh, you're right. There is an October one. It. October 7th uh, versus Jamaica. Um, oh, my. These... What's the point of having ad block now if you just got to pause it on every single site, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Reader view. Yeah, I need to do that. Uh, Jamaica, October 7th at Panama, October 10th, October 13th against Costa Rica. So those are that's the October window. November is Mexico and Jamaica. January, then March. January, yeah. End of January, then March. So great. Pretty, pretty good. Love to see it. All right. So the other news items we've got first up uh, the MLS playoff schedule was announced. MLS Cup this year is being played on Thanksgiving Day. Not the Cup. That's a playoff game, is on uh, Thanksgiving Day. I thought that was the Cup. No, the cup is still like December 12th or something like that. Oh, December 11th. Yeah, the thing about the Thanksgiving Day thing is that it's really stupid. Yeah. Um, Because like if you look at it on a calendar, there was a graphic. I don't know where I saw it, so I'm not going to pull it up. But there's a graphic that shows like game days and like what's the play in games and then the like quarterfinals, semifinals and then the cup, whatever. And it just has like the days highlighted and it like all lines up. It all makes sense. It's like Sunday, Wednesday or like Tuesday, Saturday or something like that. And then there's just a random Thursday and it's Thanksgiving and then it's like six games or six days and then it's the next game. So there's like one game that day. Those two teams are going to be playing on oh short rest. And then they're going to get a really have long rest after it. It's game? really, really screw- screwy. Uh, okay. I thought it was the cup too. That's confusing. So it's yeah. just some random playoff match. It's just one of the play. playoff games. Yeah. It cool. makes no sense. Which we it's will suppo- be involved in. So. Yeah. it's We're going up against the NFL with 
a random playoff game and we don't know who <laughs> we don't know who it's going to be because it's not like the first playoff game so we can't be like oh a week or two in advance we're going to know like we're going to know like three days before that game happens who's going to be in that game that sounds yeah, it's great a conference semifinal. cool mm. so it's just the dumbest idea yeah, we can watch RSL get knocked out by LAFC in that game or something. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, that is still a possibility. It really is. Anyway, so that's RSL's not been eliminated exciting. from playoff contention yet. <laughs> hey, we're still in a playoff spot as things stand. Right. Everything's coming up, Millhouse. Mm, it really All right, is. Second item we've got here: uh, Jason Ramirez is no longer listed on the injury report. Oh, um, however. At, He's not listed all. as questionable even? Not listed. He was last listed as questionable. He's no longer listed at all. Now, nice. he Good is still listed as on the injured list. Which is a roster designation, right? Yes. And okay. I am willing to put money on him not coming off that this year. Yeah. In his whole RSL career. No. Oh, my. Well, good for him. It was a long road to recovery. From it's whatever happened. The whole season, and we never knew anything about it. Pretty sure it was a quad strain. Yeah. Which I think know. is the catch-all term now. I think oh, now it's usually strange. hamstrings is what they just... Um, um, not, not a rails on lake. <laughs> yeah, so what's his... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Pretty weird. Um, we did also learn, uh, this is almost newsy, that uh, David Ochoa's... Uh, absence after coming back to the to Utah, uh, presumably is how it was timed. Anyway, that was a different quad strain than the first one. Uh, which so he recovered from two different quad strains. Yes, other leg. <laughs> I th- think that was the implication. That's but, the only know. way it can be a different one, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's only two I mean, quads and they're I on thought, two different I legs. I thought you had four per leg. That's kind no. of concerning. That's why they call it a quad. Yeah, so he's got a different or he had a different quad injury and now he's good, I guess. A- apparently. Cool. Okay. Now we gotta find out why quadriceps starts with quad. Hang on. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I mean, keep talking. This is going to take oh, okay, a second. Okay, cool. So, yeah. so I think that's all the news. Oh, this item. isn't going to take a second at all. It consists of four individual muscles, three vastus muscles, and the rectus femoris. Huh. Um, right. Oh, we should also mention that uh, Noah Powder did not travel with the team to L.A., it seemed, um, which also means that he did not travel to San Jose, right? Like, I think that Correct, was all part yeah. of the same trip. Uh he was not on the injury report for the LAFC match. He is on the injury report for the San Jose match and he is dealing with a hamstring issue and it was precautionary to be safe, uh, which is why he did not travel. So, um, yeah. So no, Noah powder tomorrow either. And he was, as I mentioned, listed on the report. So not available. Probably today as you listen to this. Oh yeah. And, uh, honestly would have, much preferred him in the formation that we decided to play than Donnie Toya, but you know, whatever. Might as well play a formation when we have not the right people for it. <laughs> I'm so mad about that. All right, we're, let's let's we'll talk about there. the game. Um, okay, where where do we start? You can see in the doc, I've written a bunch of questions. I just, in case we run out of things to gripe about with this game, 
why are we making so many excuses for Pablo? Can I ask you a question as an answer to that question? Yes. Who is making excuses for Pablo? I don't know. I saw a lot of I them. I don't think it's me. No, I don't it's, think it's Kyle. It's certainly not us on the podcast. It's Roy is RSL fans. Yeah. The there was a lot, of, um, a lot of accepting the result. Um, a lot of like, oh, we played well in the attack. It was a great game. There was a yeah. lot of but uh, this showed signs mistakes. that we are clearly capable of playing the three five two or whatever the three four one Which, two. <laughs> Never mind. We'll get to it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. It, Go on, Trevor. That mentality. No, there's two parts. I'll address the one that we're actually addressing. Um, the whole mentality of like we played well, so it's a good result. Like I hate that. I've been pretty vocal about that i think all season and i think you're either like you either want your team to win or like what's the point right i don't like finding like the moral victory of like well we played well and that's what we're really going for no it's it's really not we're going out there to win you want your team to win and if they play well like that's awesome that means you'll usually win yeah but if you play well and you usually lose or tie that's that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. Especially against a team that is do had been doing really poorly. A team that was one place below us in the standings. And, Has been below us in the standings almost all season. Yeah, and which was a great opportunity to get a win on the road, which we desperately needed to make up for the fact of how many not wins we had at home. And um, also... We didn't play that well. No, we did yeah. not play well. <laughs> like I don't. So let's, I, let's dive into it. But I yeah. don't know what category of the game we excelled at. Uh, scoring two goals. We we were the best team. Oh no, we scored three goals. LAFC That's right. technically scored two. So let's let's talk about uh, what we saw at the beginning. The formation change, um, and then maybe the first. What, 30 seconds of the match we could talk about? Yeah, that sounds good. So we started with a three, we started with a three, four, one, two, or three, five, two. Essentially, have uh, we had Dadkovich, Holt, and Glad playing center backs. We had Toya as like a left mid, left wing back, whatever. Beasler, Everton in front of the defensive line. Chang on the right side but obviously has never played a defensive position in his life. Albert Rusnak playing his central attacking mid, and then we played with two strikers, essentially, which were Krylock and Julio. Um, so that that was a thing that that was announced to happen and yeah. had people a little worried, including myself, had some proponents of the 3-5-2 very happy um, and then we got scored on in 20 seconds <laughs> into the um, game. It's it's worth noting, and I tweeted about this, that we kicked off that game. This isn't like they had 20 seconds from kickoff to, like of them controlling the ball. Ooh, I wonder what it, the fastest goal scored from when the team did, did not that scored did not have kickoff was that's got to be up there in mls uh, it's got to be very close because i mean the fastest goal in league history is like i mean it's between 10 and 20 seconds i remember one there was like a, a tim cahill one maybe that was really quick that they essentially did like the pass it 
you know, to someone like right at the bottom of the midfield circle. And then Tim Cahill had just like sprinted forward and then they bombed it to him or something like that. That Um, sounds familiar. But like they kicked off. I, (laughs) I didn't even think about that, Matt. That is insane that we kicked off and got scored on within 20 seconds. Yeah. Uh, it's which just was really LAFC's fastest goal in history. Of course. Just a really well prepared, well, yeah, prepared team. That's what you like to see. Yeah, we we went out with that typical long ball, right? That we we've been trying all season, where you know we pass it back and then try a long pass to yeah Demir Krylik, almost certainly. Yeah. Uh, and LAFC looked like they knew we were going to do that because it's fairly obvious. Oh, because they have a good coach that studies teams and knows what teams' tendencies are and plans for them. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, they won the ball immediately and wow. off to the races. So uh, the fastest, Mike Grella scored the fastest goal in MLS history, which is seven seconds, and it was for the Red Bulls. I was like, oh, maybe I got confused. And that was in 2000. Uh, wait, I don't know what year this is. What 2015. Yeah. Um, the previous record was Tim Cahill with at eight seconds, also for the Red wow. Bulls on in 2013. So how do you even score in seven seconds? I mean, it's got to be. Oh, they didn't kick off. Oh no. Oh, oh good. Was, so we don't hold the record. No. That's good. It, in fact, it almost makes. In this instance, it almost makes more sense that they didn't kick off because it was like a misplayed back pass that essentially <laughs> propelled him forward. Um, well, we didn't we didn't have any misplayed back passes this game, so yeah, lucky us. Um, oh wait, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> wow. So there's there's the first twenty seconds of the match. Um, so I, I'm curious, what were your immediate reactions aside from like? Why are we doing this uh, to playing a three five two like theoretically? And then how did that shake out as the match went on for you? So I'll take this one. Please. <laughs> I've got all kinds of thoughts. So here's the thing about formations that you got to keep in mind. And this is go- I'm going to go a little bit Bruce Arena here. Um, formations are like a good starting point to like understand how a team is set set up and how a team is played and like which players are on the field and generally where they're going to be but they're never like a hard fast rule and they're definitely fluid and you're definitely going to have players moving in and out of positions and it's not always going to look like a three-man back line and a five-man midfield or you know whatever formation you're playing, it's not always going to be a 4-4-2. It's going to sometimes shift a little bit and players are going to have different roles that bring them to different positions and do different things. And I get that and I accept that. But when the team is put out and you have Toya, hold on, Toya, Tony, Eric, and Justin, and then Chang is supposed to be your wing back, like that's not what Chang does. So my initial reaction was Chang isn't going to play right back. He's going to play the same position he always plays. He's going to be on the right side of the midfield. Yeah. And he's not going to have like any at all defensive responsibilities. Yeah. And if he does, like that's a problem because he's not a defender. It was like when we put Julio back there for a second and it was a disaster. Like it doesn't work. Ostensibly, Justin would be moving over more into that position to fill the right back role, right? Or what my initial thought was that Toya would just be playing in the midfield. He wouldn't really be playing a left back because we're not going to do wing backs. Because again, Dunny was telling us the whole time, we're going to play with three center backs. 
And you might see some kind of wingback movement, but he was pretty adamant that it's not a five-man back line. It's a three-man back line. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I was expecting was Chang would play an offensive right-sided midfielder and Toya would probably also do something similar. Not so much offensive because that's not really his game, but like that's what I was expecting was Toya would just be a midfielder. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of times where he did get forward and got involved um, offensively and he didn't to my eye, and I wasn't really paying attention to Toya, so this might be a little wrong, but he wasn't defensive primarily. Like, he wasn't playing a left back during the game. Like, there were times, obviously, where he came back on defense and helped out, but his primary goal wasn't to play left back. It was yeah. to help offensively. It was a mess is what it was. Because yeah. he's so not we, good in attack, and he wasn't agreed. playing a defensive position, really. So, so it took a lot of players and put them in positions that they weren't good at used to that, that they weren't designed to be playing. We were kind of shoehorning shoehorning players into spots that it wasn't getting the best out of those players. Mm-hmm. Toy is a great example. And if you think Chang was supposed to be playing defensively, that's an example of that too. Like that's not what it's supposed to be. Um, and Dunny was harping on, this on the broadcast with the three center backs, you've got to have defensive midfielders covering and they didn't really all game, which again has to come down to the team preparation and and the roles that the team is supposed to be playing. I wouldn't say all game because Everton Louise did later drop in as a center back. No, of course he did. And this is the other thing (laughs) is like, like we said, like at the end of the game, the offensive phase, we weren't playing with the three man back line. We were playing with the four man back line. But Justin Glad was playing right back, and Everton Louise was playing center back. And Tony Dakvich was playing left back. Yeah, like it so just from the from the jump, the team wasn't set up to play in any way that made a three, four, one, two, or a three, five, two like really make sense. Cause people were kind of shoehorned in and their roles and responsibilities didn't really change from the four, three, one, two that we normally see in a lot of ways. Yeah. So was, there wasn't was a really a good point in playing a three-man back line it didn't accomplish i think what they were trying to accomplish it didn't really do anything it wasn't a good idea and then later on in the game it turned into an even worse idea because we had to adjust because justin glad is now playing right back yeah and And now we have eric holt at center back yeah which is fine except that he's a bad player I don't don't, don't think it's fine at this point. Which is fine, except for the fact that as someone in the Reddit thread pointed out, uh, oh, wait, where did that go? Oh, that stat that we pulled up? Eric Holt now has zero wins, 11 losses, and three draws as a starter. Crazy stat line. Thank you, Perfect Water Balloons on Reddit. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Um, Yeah. yeah, and, And that was clear from the jump, obviously, as you mentioned. Like, no one knew where anyone was supposed to be. No one knew where their guys normally were that they can count on being. Um, I mean, it was, it was, it was horrendous. Even after we gave up a goal 20 seconds in, there was a moment at like, it was, it was about five minutes in where Everton has the ball and he's like broadcasting that he's about to pass the ball to Michael Chang, who's directly in front of him. And at this point he has Beasler behind him about level to him. Um, Toya, Albert, Julio, and Krylock are all essentially in front of him. So this is where you have Donnie Toya also way too advanced in this exact moment. Um, he broadcasts it 
play under plays a pass to Michael Chang. Chang also doesn't come forward for the ball. Um, the I think it's Raheem Edwards, their left back, uh, who or their left midfielder. They're also playing like a funky formation, but one they're more used to, I guess. Um, steals the ball, just sprints down the field and nearly scores. And again, this is five minutes in after we gave up a goal already. And it just felt like a lot of that the whole game where just like no one knew where we were supposed to be defensively. Um, And then even just like playing the ball out of the back like we tried to do just felt messy because, again, we have players in areas where we aren't used to. This isn't a formation that we're used to playing. Somebody mentioned that this uh, Eric Holt says that RSL worked on this for two days. Why you decide to do a three-five-two or whatever um, with two days practice against LAFC on the road um, makes no sense to me, especially when you aren't even it doesn't even contain the personnel that ostensi- that ostensibly make the formation potentially valuable. When you don't have Aaron Herrera available, when you don't have Noah, pa- you have Donny Toya as your left mid. Why would we start that game to be the game where we do the three-five-two? Like why to match the, theirs? The, player, the players liked it. The players like. Oh it. yeah, the uh-huh. play- Oh my god. The players also like getting scored on in twenty seconds. Did the players also like losing to a team that's worse than us? I'm sure. Did they like that too? So I, the first two goals for me, um, it's interesting because we like. Yes, the first one uh, was bad. The second one was bad. There's a lot of talk about individual mistakes after that game, um, and the third goal, yes. Clearly an individual mistake, not formation related. The first two were not individual mistakes. No, they were, there were general defensive marking issues and a lack of communication, right? Yeah, but those aren't individual mistakes. Which sounds really familiar and are definitely problems that would only be exacerbated by a formation change. Yes. With two days of Formation and personnel change where all of a sudden I'm playing with three center backs in including two guys who aren't our normal starters. So you throw two guys in there who don't normally start games. One who's been out because of his wife giving birth Holt, who's just kind of there when we need him to be. So we have now three center backs, two of whom don't normally start. And then we get this happening to us. So yeah, there was talk of individual mistakes, but as Matt said, like very much not individual mistakes on their first two goals. And so we tied up, it was, we tied it to one, one, right? That was Demir's goal. Yes. Demir scored another worldie at LAFC, which was great. It was just him making something out of, you know, pretty innocuous pass yeah nice cut back but like yeah, it was nice it was now you don't count on that leading that's a, to that's a very that low goal. xg goal i think yeah um and then they score literally like two minutes or three minutes or four minutes right after that it was two minutes it was two minutes great so two if minutes that, yeah. after which uh matt had a thread on twitter and highlighted their second goal in particular as being just like particularly bad in or defensive organization. And I, I took a screenshot myself and I was watching the game through yesterday. Um, it was, it was horrendous marking. Like, I don't even know how else to describe that. I need to pull up that screenshot and just, yeah, as they the, cross the ball in. One of the weird things to me is like, instead of in, in like a, a three, four, one, two or a three, five, two, you typically expect like your two more defensive midfielders, to like stay roughly on the same plane, right? Yeah. 
uh, but instead they were like stacked. So yeah. Nick Nick Beasler was ahead of Everton Louise half the game, and you know they swapped back in like a a weird single pivot type thing, um, which when you have other things providing some centrality to what you're doing, that can work, right? But there was nothing providing centrality, like except those two players. Um, because Albert Rusak's going to roam, and we expect that, and that's probably fine. Uh, but maybe not with this <laughs> midfield. <laughs> is that Chang trying to defend in the box, too? I think that uh, is. Yeah, yeah, Donny Toy is, like, dropped centrally, uh, in like, right where you'd expect the center back to be. <laughs> this is all from memory, because it's seared into yeah, my brain. Yeah, so on the cross, we had both... Beasler and Everton trying to defend the cross that neither of them were able to successfully do so. Tony Dadkovich no, you marking fullbacks to do that, right? Right. This is again in the corner of the 18. Uh, and it looks like, and then it's Dadkovich and then Toya is to the right of Dadkovich. So he's there. And then we have Eric Holt and then who's, kind of zonal marking, not really anyone sharing a defensive assignment with Michael Chang and then Justin Glad has two guys on the back post and the guy who scores is the one with Chang and Holt. <laughs> so oh boy. It's who could, it's who really seen this coming. Something to watch. I mean it's just it's really unpredictable. Horribly disorganized. Um yeah, anyway. Cool. Huh. All right. Anyway. So that was good. Um, <laughs> what happened next? Uh, let's see. So then we score again uh, in the second half at this point. Um, Anderson Julio has a has a really good chance before halftime. He misses it one-on-one with the keeper. That was unfortunate and bad. Second half, we force a turnover. Uh, I think Albert uh, creates this turnover, um, plays the ball forward to... Anderson Julio, who very speedily gets behind the defense and has another one-on-one with the keeper and buries this one. It was a good counter-attacking play. It wasn't a it wasn't indicative of the 3-5-2 working. Neither of our goals were like, wow, this could only have happened when we were playing the 3-5-2. It was like Demir scoring just like a very insane Demir goal. Second one was a counter-attack goal, which we have scored throughout every type of formation we played this year. Cause that's where a lot of our goals come from. Um, yeah. it was, it was reminiscent of the Bobby Wood goal, actually, uh, the, his or, first one for RSL or, yeah. uh, Aaron Herrera and Everton Luis. It was, it was Classic also a combination. Yes. The last was that, that was the last time we played LAFC, I think. Oh, maybe. Um, yeah. So then we had those two and then now it's tied two two, and, uh, things are seeming very good. And then, a bad thing happened in which we scored an own goal due to <laughs> a, like uh, what, just horrific miscommunication again, where Tony Dotkovich is playing the ball back to David Ochoa, who started running out to grab the ball, thinking that Tony Dotkovich wasn't going to touch it. Um, Tony Dotkovich did what you're not supposed to do and played a back pass that was also on frame. Uh, and then Achoa just like, I mean, I don't know. What do you well, guys think about this one? Well, I got into, I say I got into an argument. Uh, talked to um, a guy on Twitter, and I should know his name. Matt probably knows his name. Been around forever. Um, KIR Soccer on Twitter. Oh, yeah. He used to uh, do the MLS reports 
for yeah, he used to cover the team for like MLSsoccer.com. So he's been around for a long time. Um, he was saying that that one was on Ochoa. Ochoa should be communicating that he's claiming the ball mm. a lot earlier than he was. And once he's claiming it, obviously Tony should leave it and let him claim it. And my argument was that Tony shouldn't be playing that ball back anyway. If you go back and like watch it, and it's all very quick, so like I get it. But as soon as the through ball is played, the attacking players for LA stop. They give up on it because it's just way too far ahead of them. Yeah, They're not going to get there. And that's when Tony turns and starts chasing the ball because he sees a through ball going forward. He should, I feel like, he should know at that point that the defender stopped. As a defender, you should know like your primary focus is on the players that you're defending, right? So he should know that they stopped and the ball is just a through ball that's going nowhere. So he should either be letting the ball go through or letting the ball go through but keeping an eye on the, the attackers to see if they're chasing the ball. And if they are, then you go play the ball or then you go shield them from the ball to let the ball go out of bounds. Something like that, right? Yeah. So his, his responsibility on the play to do anything – ends the second the attackers stop attacking and that's the way that i see it but he obviously doesn't and passes the ball back which isn't necessarily a bad play but i don't think it's didn't, the right choice in that situation uh, paulo also say recently that we want to completely not involve the keepers in yeah, any we of want our, to take the yeah. keeper out of the out of the playing out of the back <laughs> thing and obviously this i mean this wasn't playing out of the back this was you know a def- this was stifling an, an attack that they just essentially misplayed the pass and t- as you're saying tony i mean again this feels very indicative that we just don't have somebody in the back that's a nick Ramondo yelling at people yeah, but um that's that's the other side of it is ochoa does as soon as he recognizes what's going on which is that the attackers gave up on the play you can see it on the replay and dunny called it out he puts his hands up and starts calling for it yeah, and starts charging out, and but he it takes also the angle that takes at the him same away time from- that Dapkovich was angling his body to be able to like control and play that pass. So like, it seemed like Tony yeah. Tony was like getting ready to touch the ball. So at that point, uh, David wouldn't be able to really grab it off his foot anyway, or well, at least couldn't be able to. So yeah, like I said, that was the other side of the argument was that David reacted late to it, and. Even though he's calling for it, Tony doesn't have any time to react to David calling for it. And Tony just reacts doing what he sh- what he feels is right, which is passing it back gently to the keeper who should be staying on his line. Yeah. And I get that side of it. I just disagree. I think the keeper should be the one claiming it and telling everybody what should be happening rather than Tony making that decision before David has a chance to react to it. You know, so, like, like I said, I think David's reaction was correct i think he should be the one going out to claim it and i don't think tony was necessarily wrong for passing it back but i don't i wouldn't want my center back doing that in that situation you know how you deal with these problems you uh you prepare your team in a new formation for more than two games for more than two days more than two days I mean, our guys just looked uncomfortable. Like, I mean, whether oh, no, it was sure. like, like the whole thing. Yeah, I could see that being it's. It did not look natural. It did not uh, look like they were yeah. comfortable. It did not look like they had it figured out and they were playing the the formation and situation that they wanted to play. Like it all seemed very not well rehearsed. So here's a question for you guys. Okay. Um, and it's actually in the document 
Uh, is, is this the it, one I've already answered? Is Tony Datkovich actually bad? Okay, it's not the one I answered. So we saw here that it, maybe his passing is not the greatest. Um, I don't know how we would have known that one. but that's well, a He's joke. only been a professional player for like several years. And he's only been on the team now for like um, you know a while. So it's tough to say. I, I I don't know. I honestly don't know if he's good or bad. I think he's I I, I don't know. He's I, had a I very see. unfortunate start here. I think that's yeah. fair to say. And I don't know. I mean, he has two own goals now and a penalty given away. I think it's, I only saw one recorded. But oh, is it the one own goal? Okay, I yeah, think it's Marcelo just the one own goal. I had the other own goal. Oh, yeah, that's right. So. I I still feel like I would I trust him more than more than Marcelo Silva unfortunately just like I, 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 the risks that Marcelo Silva takes I just think are unnecessary and they rarely pay off um in the way that makes the making the risks worth it so I don't know I still think we should be starting him next to Justin Glad in our normal formation I don't like having Eric Holt in there in the mix. It's hard to, for me to measure that when that's his center back partner directly to his right is Eric yeah. Holt. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea if he's good. At that I, I think he's fine. That's my read on him so far is that he is fine. Uh, we don't really know much about his tendencies yet. We don't know. Um, I mean, just from watching him play with RSL, like with Silva, you kind of know what you're going to get. You know that you're going to get one or two really goofy decisions and really bad mistakes that may or may not lead to goals. Yeah, pretty much every single game, you know that you're you've got a little bit of a roving center back that likes to come forward at inopportune times. So you kind of know that, and we know that because Silva's been here for a while. So I those kind of tendencies I don't know as much about with Tony, but I think he's probably at least as good as Silva. I think so too. Which is like he's a good MLS center back, to be honest. Like he's not great, yeah, but he's fine. He's not gonna like lose you games constantly. He's just good. <laughs> just every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But like I said, with Silva, like you know that you can kind of plan for it and you can kind of expect it. But even though he makes those kind of dumb mistakes, I don't know that Silva has like consistently cost us points or cost us games like on his own. He's definitely cost us goals, but yeah, you know, he almost like, cost us points in that Dallas game. But yeah, you're yeah. Right. It's, it's he's a he's a half decent center back in this league. Yeah, not the best center he's, back on the team, but he's not the worst. And I think that's about where Tony lands. I don't think he's really anything special, but I don't think he's a problem. Okay, so the next question: um, Did either of you hear? On I think it was on the broadcast why Eric Holt started in the middle of that mix instead well, of Justin glad, I guess. Yeah. Who would probably be the more natural choice is the, I have my theory. I don't think they, did they say talk about it. I, I believe they said, uh, I, it was probably Danny. If I, if I recall, uh, that he was in the center because of his, of what Pablo had deemed like his good passing abilities. Nope. Well, okay, that's my that might be fair. I mean, I I don't think that's a good reason to start him there. I don't think his passing no. is actually that good, but well, he had the best passing percentage of the back three. <laughs> I mean, fair, but that's not saying much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it was eighty three. It's respectable. 
but then i mean justin glad was 77 but that's probably because he's pumping crosses in and tony dakovich was 79 and that's probably because that's about average yeah so here's my third question about this like did his was he that much better at passing that it warranted playing him in the middle no. instead of justin Glad? that's, that's my point no, no definitely he, not. he really wasn't um could we have just played our normal formation with justin glad at right back yeah, that's that was going to be my answer was because Justin Glad is not in the middle because you need Justin Glad on the right so that he can be a right back. So play him at right back is the. Answer. I mean that's that's what happened. I mean, yeah, Matt, you saw it. Like yeah. you look at you look at his heat map, you look at his touches, you look at his passes. He played right back that game. Like there's he yeah, didn't play as a center centri- back. Like he tucked in defensively a little bit. A little bit, but he yeah. was playing as a right back all game. He was not playing as a third center back in the three-man back line. No, but he was still expected to do this three-man back line responsibility. Yeah, which and again, I think that just was... goes back to this being a stupid formation. Calling it a three-man back line is, I mean, it kind of is, but that's not what they, that's not how they played it. That's not what it was. And if that is what they played it, they play, it was a really stupid way to play it. It, Dropping it, Everton back to keep the three-man back line <laughs> idea while Justin Glad is playing right back is dumb. It's pointless. Yeah. Yeah, that <sighs> one that one I didn't get. Um we we subbed our left back. So Donnie Toy left. Uh so we could take a more attacking approach. Um, but to account for that, uh Tony Datkovich went up and played kind of left wing-ish like in a left wing back spot and Everton Louise dropped back like further gutting our midfield and ability to create from anything but crosses. Right. And that's the thing this team keeps doing is like hurting its ability to create uh, in favor of like the miracle cross to Demir. (laughs) And like, those are fine, like, but they're not reliable because that's not a reliable way to play. Well, I mean, I've, said this a number of times that's the team's plan like there's no way that like this team is just like let's hopefully put a ball into the box that hopefully demir can get his head on that would be nice if that happens every now and then like that's not that's not how it works i mean how many assists does herrera have and how many are crosses yeah it's true that's what i'm saying like this team is or under freddy anyway was built and designed to get the ball forward, get the ball to the wing, put a cross in, and you get one of your tall guys on it. And if you don't have any tall guys in the middle, you put a low ball across the six or back to the penalty spot where there's hopefully somebody waiting. That's how like 90% of our goals have been created is through one of those two things. Yeah, That's the team's plan. And if it's not a good plan, I might agree with you. But like at this point, you don't get to say that hopefully Demir gets – a header like that's the plan Demir gets yeah. forward he gets in the box and he goes for headers it's just Sweet. not much of a plan it's uh like doesn't feel like it well, no, it leads to a team lob. that kind of stagnates offensively kind of all season and the whole time you're like when is this team going to start scoring goals well it's when they stop doing that when, when that's not the number plan, one plan right? yeah all right um so I think it's fair to say we're all feeling pretty negative about Pablo. And we can get into that. Um, my question is, do you think you'd be as negative if he hadn't coached and played for Colorado Rapids? Because I'm no. wondering this about myself. Okay. 
again, I'll take this one. No, his history with Colorado has no bearing to me. Like now, that was it was oh, so, so, it was is so yes. long ago. Wait, I can't remember. Was the question so that doesn't affect you'd be feeling if he hadn't coached at Colorado, hadn't been a Colorado player, uh, you would feel the exact same as you do now, right? Is that yeah. your thing? Okay. Yeah. His, his antics as a Colorado player were what they are, and they contributed to the rivalry. And for that, sure, fine. But the <laughs> fact that he was a coach at Colorado, like that's whatever. He was a bad coach at Colorado, and it seems like he was. Uh, he, or he's going to be a bad coach mm-hmm. at RSL. Like the fact that it was Colorado that he did those things, uh, that doesn't really weigh into me at all. He was a bad coach then, wasn't really excited about the hire because it seemed like he was a bad coach. And, uh, you know, we've got our history with hiring assistants or lower level coaches as a potential replacement for our head coach. And that's what it seemed like was happening. And that's kind of what's happened now. It's Pablo's replaced Freddie, and he doesn't seem like a good coach. Head coach. I'm sure he's fine as an assistant. I don't know anything about that stuff, but he's as a head coach, as an assistant, don't, how, why would you <laughs> as, even? As a head coach, he does not have a stellar record, and that's why I didn't like him before. And now that I see what he's doing record. as a head coach, he's. St- I still don't like him. Kyle, I, what do you think? I think that it certainly is influencing. Like I didn't want him here in the first place because of that. So. I want him here less because of that now. I, I yeah, I, I think it's influencing my opinion of him. I would still be unhappy, but I'm also just like, remind me why we have this guy again. Like, it's just because Freddie liked him. It was already controversial to hire him in the first place, I thought. And Freddie clearly did not care um, about uh, certain things. He didn't really care about how he came across the organization toward the end there. Kind of makes me think he probably didn't care about it uh, the summer he hired or the winter he hired Pablo. Um, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think it's certainly <laughs> affecting my ability to remain uh, impartial. But whatever, man, uh, just kind of is what it is. And I kind of want him to go away pretty badly because I think we suck right now. And he's a big part of it, probably. But I'm just. Um, if he if he somehow gets the coaching job, which uh, mm, there's just no way, right? <laughs> there's no yeah, they, way he gets. They say an interim job is like an audition, and if I mean the, these first three matches have seen us concede nine goals. Like Honestly, that's really goals. funny to me saying it's a it's an audition, and then having him do what he's done so far. That makes it really funny that he's like. It kind of makes me think. Do you, I mean, do you even think he wants that coaching job here? Like, realistically, does he? I, I don't know what he wants. I feel like I don't know him. Um, I don't know much about him. But it, that if you're trying to get the coaching job here, do you really want to? Especially when he said nothing really is going to change. Remember when he said that? Like, he was just yeah. going to keep things going. And third game in, he's doing, like, an insane formation with without the personnel that you could make the argument for the in favor of that formation he just does that on the road against a team that we could feasibly beat if we just play normally uh it's pretty insane thing to do if you want the job but maybe he's just go bold or go home i guess here we are yeah maybe um my take on it is that i would probably have more patience for him if he didn't come from colorado (laughs) i don't think it would change my overall opinion but I'd at least be a little more willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I recognize that's a bias on my part, but 
you know, I, like that, that's how it is. Real quick. I posted this stat line in the Slack, but I want to, <laughs> we're talking about it. So let's reiterate this. You mentioned the minus three goal differential in three games. He's allowed nine goals. Yeah. Uh, in 20, the first 20 games of the season under Freddie, we had a plus seven goal differential and we had allowed 23 goals in 20 games. Not 60. Like, that, that's about right. That's not bad. And then he yeah. hit, I didn't even down think, the toilet. Yeah. I mean, this whole season we've been talking about like we we have the defensive person like our defense our defensive line hasn't been that big of a problem for us it's just like when you also combine it with like the miscommunications the lack of leadership out of the back like you get a lot of these preventable errors that are causing goals and it seems like out of nowhere with pablo we're just that's just accelerated into full force and now we are just getting a ton of goals scored on us and it's it's absurd yeah uh, oh i'm tired or we're scoring on ourselves one of the so two tired. anyway yeah so uh we play again tomorrow uh wednesday is that tomorrow that's already yeah. tomorrow at san jose tomorrow. <sighs> <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so um uh, wait hang on pop quiz <laughs> yeah what is san jose stadium called is it a via stadium Nope. Oh, what's it? What is it? Is it like? Is it a tech company in the Bay? Yeah, it is a tech company. I'm pretty sure. That, uh, no, I think there is. Is it like PayPal Stadium or something? It is PayPal Park. Oh, PayPal there we go. Park. Ugh. It was a a via a via. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's what it was when it was built. I, I should probably change my graphic as of like today. <laughs> oh. Well, sorry, I said today. What I meant was this season. I think. Oh. Okay, so San Jose is three points behind us. We're playing. So going into the Minnesota or the LAFC game, we played a team that was three points behind us in the standings. They now caught up to us with thirty points. We're still in the playoff position, so they have thirty. Vancouver is twenty nine in ninth place. Dallas has twenty seven, and San Jose is twenty seven. San Jose is in eleventh place, four spots below us, but they only have three points fewer than us. So. Uh, that's not great. We don't have games in hand over any of those teams other than Dallas, who's played 25 games somehow. Um, everyone else has played well, 23. Playing one right now, so oh, that's the one they're uh, playing right now, I guess. Yeah, um, oh, it's 3 3 in that game. That's gonna be a yeah, fun highlight. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Ferreira scored from Ricardo Pepe, which was I saw that, that was nice. Um, yeah, so that's pretty weird. But we, I mean, I don't know. We should beat San Jose there, but are we going to? They have a negative six goal differential. So. I think that depends entirely on whether or not Wondolowski plays. <laughs> Has he been playing yeah. or no? Not really. That's good. He's like He's been playing, but he's like a rarely used sub. That sounds yeah. great. I say that, and I'm going to pull it up, and he's going to have started like 30 games this season. Let's actually do our research. I mean, now he needs to do research. Wondolowski has two goals this season, and they were both against us oh. in that game, right? Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Go team. Oh, man. <laughs> he has not scored. I mean, he has been he has been playing. I mean, okay, last game he played against Dallas, seventy four minutes. He played against the Rapids as a sub, twenty eight minutes, and so he hasn't been playing consistent minutes since. He hasn't been a starter. He started against Dallas, but he hasn't been a starter since like July. So he might start against us. 
He's got 826 minutes on the season, 22 appearances. So I guess he's played in all but like three of their games. Yeah. yeah, I guess he is an often used sub. Yeah. But except he started against Dallas, so maybe he'll start against us. But I would prefer that he start. Well, I don't know. I don't. I hope he doesn't play. But of course he's going to. He's going to score another three goals on us, probably. It'll be his last hat trick of his career. It'll <laughs> be beautiful for all of us involved. Yeah. He has started six matches. Anyway, so um, Everton's out for this game because of yellow card accumulation, which great uh zach farnsworth is also out andrew brody is oh, no. math jason ramirez is out uh noah powder is out and uh bobby wood is out um who was it was a precautionary thing then and then it turned into like an actual injury thing and then it was a stomach issue thing last game but he's not fit though yeah so even if he didn't have a stomach issue he wouldn't have played last game because he isn't fit so he, he might have had an opportunity to get fit i'm guessing um and maybe the stomach issue like deprived it, <laughs> deprived him of that opportunity but very he's probably three weeks four weeks out from playing again what does that even mean how is he not fit <laughs> he had an injury that was precautionary Oh, yeah. So that takes four weeks of fitness to recover it's, from. It's been longer than that. I mean, yeah, has he not been he training? Time? When's the last time he trained? This like, is what he, I'm saying. Like, yeah, like how, your, that's my question. How can you get that unfit that quickly? Yeah, he's been training at elevation, you'd think. Um, he hasn't played since August 19th. Oh, it's that's almost, almost a month. one full month. It's been about a month. Yeah. Yeah. But that but don't how many games are during that? I'm sure it is nothing to be concerned about. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to. One day I will stop harping on that, but that's what <laughs> we were told in the press box when he came off that game with the Ingold thing. It yeah, was, and uh, I mean, and, and that's what I was told. It's nothing to be concerned about. So the so last played versus Houston Dynamo, um, and I was last told, which he only went 57 minutes in as a starter, which is interesting. Um, I mean, his he hasn't played more than 77 minutes. That was like the most he's played. Everything else is he's played some 73, 74. He's played three games with 70 minutes or more. Everything else has been 57, 55, 58. And then lower than that, he was a sub, obviously, but 217, 24, 23, obviously. But he's only had three games playing more than 70 minutes. And then the game after that Dynamo one was the was the Rapids game. And uh, yeah, that's when I was told that he was held out as a precaution and there was nothing to be concerned about. So I'm not concerned. I'm just wondering why he hasn't played in a month, I guess. But I'm concerned. I'm kind of concerned. I mean, I am. I'm kidding. I am concerned because I think he fits in this team well i guess i liked i liked the rubio wood rotation thing i thought that was pretty yeah. nice um i don't know i think he has stuff to give this team i just am confused about how he's still unfit like trevor's asking like is he unfit is is his general fitness or is it his leg is unfit i don't yeah, know that's what i'm saying like if it if you're saying that he needs to get match fit, like that means he needs to be able to run for 90 minutes. He needs to be able to breathe at altitude for 90 minutes, like that stuff. If you're saying that like he's injured, then say he's injured. Like he, he's got a bum ankle or a yeah. bum hamstring or whatever it is. 
that's fine. I don't like that they say fitness when it's not fitness. And, you know, or if it is fitness, like that's a problem. I think so too. Because it's been fitness since we signed him, which was, reminder, several months ago. Yeah. Like he's had every opportunity to get fit. And we've been told that he worked very hard to get fit. And he's been working hard to get fit. And then it took like three months for him to get there. And now he's had four injuries since then. Yeah. I mean, he apparently now it's fitness again. Yeah. He scored on his second start. Right. So it looks like he first he first started against Vancouver um, where we we beat him pretty bad that game at, at which was away or, or home. I that can't was remember. the home game on the road. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then he started again. So, I mean, dude, so his first game was June 24th. Between June 24th and July 25th, he started two games out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, it was not June 24th. We didn't have a game on that day. That was the first game he played against the Seattle Sounders was June 24th. That's 23rd. Okay, well. I have it as the 23rd. In any case, it's very important that we get that one right. <laughs> he, I mean, that was his first appearance. And then just 23 minutes, 24 minutes, 17 minutes, 58 minutes. Again, as a starter, he only played 58. Then 23 minutes as a sub, two minutes as a sub. And then we're at 25th of July. That's 55 minutes as a starter, 74 minutes as a starter, 77 minutes as a starter. And then he's back to sub, starter, starter. And then we haven't seen him since. So I don't know. Did we ever use them too early? <laughs> Maybe. Did we Maybe use that stretch him of... too early. Is that what you said? Yeah. Like <laughs> now, that's not an excuse, of course. But is how that could we have overused him? We didn't use him. We started him in three consecutive games. That seems that's like a lot. Wild. <laughs> From the time he was signed, that's a lot. To the time expect. he started, how much time was that? I don't know. Uh, it was a, a while. while. It was a month. That, yeah. So no, you don't get to say overuse. No, that's Sorry. true. It, it, was, it was. There were four. There were three games. He was a sub at. He was a sub for Sounders, Houston, LAFC. Then he started it against the Whitecaps. So, I'm I'm over it. The more I look at it, the more I think about it. Like I'm over the Bobby Wood experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I'm with you there yet, but. Uh... I'm watching where you're, what path you're following, and trying to make yeah. up my mind. I'm, I'm not, I'm not over it. I'm, I'm like, like I said, I liked the Rubio Bobby Wood combo thing we had going. Yeah. Um, that hasn't been a thing for <laughs> a while now. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's, I'm fine with Bobby Wood. Like as a player, when he's playing, he's a good player. But. You kind of have to take the whole package and there's a lot of not able to play with his time that he does play. And the time that he's like not available as a player, like it's one thing if the coach like isn't selecting him because Rubin's playing better or something like that. But if he's just not able to play because of an injury or because of fitness or because of a sickness or whatever it is, like There's a point where he's like actively hurting the team because he's taking a roster spot from somebody who could from be Jason playing. Ramirez. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> he's taking a roster spot. <laughs> oh, <spot>. man. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's not on the roster in the meaningful sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's why he's on the injured list. Something like that. My hypothesis, of course, not, yeah, not no, anything we've been no, told. That is pure speculation, but I have no idea if that's the case. It's just strange that he is just a Monarchs player when he's healthy. Yep. But sometimes. 
sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> when he's sometimes healthy. Maybe we overuse Jason Ramirez. I That's think probably we did. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then we've got another match. We don't have to talk about the match, but uh, Seattle on Saturday, is it, at home? Yeah, we'll probably record on Monday or something, so it'll be a recap of both this match and the next match. And if you're um, nice, you might get some breakfast. You might get some breakfast as well. But uh, let's let's see how how uh, Wednesday goes, and we'll go from there. Sounds great. Very excited for that. Yeah, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I'm increasingly convinced that we're really bad now, and that Freddie Wars was keeping us in a nice state of mediocrity. And now we've shattered yeah. that. Maybe. Well, I don't. I'm going to say that it wasn't Freddy Juarez. It was just like the status quo. Oh, yeah. We were just floating. Sure. And just by virtue of floating, we were able to float. But now that somebody's rocked a boat, i.e. Freddy, leaving, we're no longer floating. We're struggling to survive, and we have kind of a really bad coach. San Jose is going to be a really big tell. Yeah, they're they're not a team that's significantly better than us, certainly. So No. So Seattle, I don't think we'll learn much from unless we get like a real pasting or we like really, you know, score a bunch of goals and call it good. But not convinced that'll happen. Yeah, your match preview for the Seattle game is similar to the match preview for the LAFC game. (laughs) Hit the over on goals. There's going to be a lot of them. Yeah. All right, well. Anything else you guys wanted to say about anything? Or should we call time on this podcast? Let's let's call. Let's call it. Great. Um, thanks for listening. Good night. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Good night.